Welcome back to the Compass live stream, the only and therefore the best live stream about proof of work mining. We're glad you joined us for another week of live streams. Uh, we have two amazing guests on the stream today uh, to talk with us about the hardware market uh, in the Bitcoin mining industry, I guess, yeah, specifically about Bitcoin mining hardware. Uh, Vincent from our team at Compass and also another Vincent from What's Miner. Um, before we let you guys introduce yourselves, though, I want to have a shout out to my co-host, Will. Will, thanks for always being on the show with me. Great to have you back. I'm looking forward to this conversation. It should be a lot of fun. Yeah, really excited for this one. I think... Uh, like the ASIC market has just been all over the place this year and people are always interested in kind of figuring out where the money printers are going next, like up and down. So really excited to see uh, the two Vincents here's take on the market. Yes. Uh, the two Vincents are, are going to unload a lot of information, insights, and some fun opinions on us, this conversation. Um, I want to give you both a chance to introduce yourselves, give us a little background on sort of how you got into uh, the mining industry and um, your focus on on the ASIC markets. Um, Vincent uh, from from What's Miner, do you mind just introducing yourself and giving us maybe a brief history of What's Miner and uh, what led up to where you are uh, today? Yeah, so uh, uh, I should say good morning. So uh, though uh, here it's midnight uh, in China. Uh, my name is Vincent. Uh, right now, I'm uh, serving as a sales director in What's Miner. Um, so actually, there is a small story for myself, uh, you know, being in this industry. So uh, before I joined uh, What's Miner, uh, I was working in telecommunication industry. Uh, so I, I worked in uh, JT. Uh, corporation for 14 years. Um, I sold a lot of uh, telecommunication equipment uh, to India. So, however, uh, in the year 2018, uh, I just uh, quit the job, uh, uh, my, my previous job, and uh, by chance, I um, uh, get joined in uh, what's minor. And uh, so when I joined What's Miner, so uh, actually the situation of uh, micro BT uh, What's Miner is, is not uh, uh, as good as uh, uh, right now we are, uh, because um, though we uh, released uh, the most efficient miners based on uh, 16 nanometer uh, from TSMC, however, uh, we were not able to get a sufficient supply capacity uh, at, uh, in the year 2000, uh, 2018. And of course, uh, everybody knows that um, you know the mining uh, profit in the year 2018 is not so good. Um, so due to uh, these reasons, uh, the situation of what's minor in the year 2018 is not so uh, not so good. So however, this situation get changed. Uh, in the year 2019, uh, and uh, so myself uh, is really pr uh, pleased to you know join uh, work with uh, MicroBT uh, as a sales director because um, you know starting from uh, the year 2019, uh, so we uh, explored uh, more business chances outside uh, outside uh, outside of China. So uh, we can say um, uh, 
uh, after I joined uh, uh, what's minus so uh, our uh, overseas market uh, enhanced a lot and so uh, probably uh, later via the com uh, com uh, conversation so we can share more information about uh, what's minor and myself but um, so sure. uh, I already in this industry for uh, three years that's really interesting. Yeah, I'm sure in that time, the uh, well, I mean, I know the, the market in general has changed a lot. And I'm sure the, the hardware market has changed a lot, too. Uh, Vincent, do you mind also give it uh, Vincent from Compass? Do you mind also giving us a quick intro on yourself? Um, and where I know you've been a few different places before Compass, sort of a brief overview of your journey through the industry uh, before coming to Compass. Yeah, for sure. So previous, uh, prior to joining the industry, um, I joined the industry around 2017. I was a mechanical engineer before by trade, and I kind of got in, introduced because I, I worked in the oil and gas industry. Gas prices in my location were negative, and so people were just trying to find different ways to monetize it. So I was just kind of doing some very bare bones preliminary research on it where everybody is doing oil and gas, Bitcoin mining, flared mining, stuff like that. But as a side hustle, I was really interested in just trying to make some extra cash because I was a student. <laughs> so uh, I realized that um, in North America, there wasn't too many uh, reputable distributors for mining equipment. And so I tried to take advantage of that and kind of do some hardware procurement through some Chinese sources and then sell it to North American people that didn't really have access to that. And that's kind of how I got started brokering. And since then it has evolved a lot. Um, I probably, I've sold more than hundred thousand machines. Obviously they're like the old S nines, but now we're getting to the new generations and they have a lot, uh, really high price tag. So I've seen the dips, the highs and lows, and it's really interesting to see how far micro BT has come. Like when I first heard about them, Bitmain and Avalon were the two um, top suppliers of equipment with the S9s and the 841s and 921s. And you didn't hear too much about what's minor. And they, they you, you guys did a really good job evolving, especially with that M20 series. I think that's what kickstarted you guys and brought you guys to the limelight where now you guys, you and Bitmain are competing head to head. Um, and then after getting into the industry a little bit, I, I, I had a short uh, career at Novoblock doing business development at for a mining pool. And then after that, I joined Compass Mining to lead their sales and procurement. That's really interesting. I guess, you know, the, the common crypto story you hear, especially from people who found it in college is sort of trading the coins themselves in college, not the, the mining hardware. Yeah. Uh, definitely a fresh, a fresh uh, on ramp in the industry there. Um, I kind of want to kick off the general ASIC market conversation with us uh, today with just like a general question on like an update or like an overview of the current state of the market. Like if you look at price charts for the assets themselves right now, you know, you see a little bit of, of selling activity over the past couple of days, maybe a little bit of fear, some uh, dicey news coming from different regulators around the world. But if we focus on the hardware market, like if you were to give sort of a concise update on the state of Bitcoin mining hardware right now, what does what does the market look like? What are some key uh, data points or movers and shakers uh, jostling for for leadership positions and whatnot um, in this this slice of the market? Uh, what things sort of stand out to you, um, Vincent from Compass? I'll I'll toss it back to you, and then Vincent from What's Miner also. 
for sure. I appreciate that. Um, I personally see that um, I think in July we saw a lot of people had excess inventory, but we slowly see like starting to see markets pick back up again, especially with Bitcoin wrapping up, even with that slight dip down to 40 42k ish um we haven't seen too much selling and too much decreases in hardware um typically i, I spoke about this with on uh, on an article with uh coindesk where the 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 asics don't generally don't go down in value as as quickly as they go up in value and we're starting to see that the like a bunch of public companies are making large announcements about picking up machines uh for q2 q3 q4 of next year um and for me i i think that it's extremely bullish um because there's there's a lot of equipment that is on the secondary markets that these publicly traded companies can't touch and so that's why it, it's going to be an interesting little bit. Um, they can, they're basically just purchasing from the manufacturer when sometimes um, specifically in July and August, the, the secondary market was cheaper than what was on the, from the direct from the manufacturer. And I think that once people realize that and they need, they realize they need to take advantage of all these areas, it's going to change how people procure their ASICs. Hmm. That is interesting. Um, yeah, we saw a lot of heat on secondary markets there. Uh, Vincent from What's Miner, same question to you. Like when you look at the ASIC market in general right now, like what's the status of the market? What are key things that you see that stand out to you? Yeah, um, so uh, ASIC hardware uh, market. So uh, in 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 this year actually changed a lot. So we have to say change a lot. And the first change. So what we what what I can see is uh, actually you know this trend happened in the in uh, since last year, not only this year, but this year uh, you know the trend was enhanced. And so what I observed is um, you know the capital from uh, North America and the Europe. So um, you know they. Uh, invest uh, invested huge uh, since the year 2020. So um, you know the big players, uh, they sign uh, agreement, long term agreement, either with us or with uh, you know Bitman, uh, and you know the pro- uh, procurement plan and quantity is really huge. And uh, so the trend was changed, uh, even um, you know um, enhanced uh, this year because. Uh, this year, um, you know, the investors uh, in China they they were not able to uh, uh, put the uh, ASIC miners in China uh, mining further. So though um, you know some small players here, you know, uh, uh, doing mining in China. However, the large uh, data center or all, all of them are almost closed, and uh, you know they they um, regulate regulation and the policy is becoming more strict. So uh, the investors uh, from China, they reduce uh, procurement, um, you know, quantity uh, in, 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 uh, in big quantity. So uh, we have to say uh, more miners are moving outside of China and uh, we can see that. Um, so more invest, uh, you know, more miners are actually purchased and by the investors um, outside outside of China, and this is number one. Number two is that um, uh, right now, a uh, you know the big players uh, they 
you know, prefer uh, purchase the miners, um, you know, in advance, for example. Uh, as Vincent said just now, um, you know, uh, big players, they even purchase the supply of the miners uh, in the year 2022. Okay, Q2, uh, Q2, Q3, Q4, they have, uh, you know, uh, the, the contract with us. Uh, or with some other purchasers, so they prefer uh, purchase the miners uh, in, um, you know, even more than half a year earlier than the supply time. And so, however, we are not saying the, you know, the miners in stock are not able to be sold out. Uh, so some uh, small and medium investors they are uh, trying to access to the miners available immediately, and. This is this is not a small portion. Okay, so also uh, big quantity can be traded, and also the used miner. Um, so in the month of May and uh, June, so the used miner become really cheap due to the regulations uh, published in China. However, uh, it recovered very fast. Okay, uh, but what I can see is uh, probably uh, from uh, October, November onwards. So if Bitcoin price uh, will not have a significant in, uh, in, in increase or growth, I think you know the price of the miners may drop down. Uh, and uh, another point is uh, so right now we can say uh, the uh, vendors like us. Uh, are sick uh, hardware providers like us. So we, we, we will uh, prefer uh, have long-term cooperation with big players and the, the investors. Okay, so and um, so you can see that right now the sales policy from uh, uh, ASIC uh, provider vendors so also change a lot comparing with the few years back. It's, it, it is totally changed. And uh, slowly, it is it is not becoming you know the the, the sales the the vendor market. So also, uh, it is well balanced right now uh, between the vendor market and the purchaser market. Okay, so these these are the observations I, I I can share. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I love those insights. So Damon's actually going to throw up a video here in a second. So right. this is uh, Los Angeles Bay and Long Beach Bay. Uh, which, of course, is one of the larger uh, inbound places for bringing in shipping containers from Asia. This is like one of the key uh, places for dropping off stuff to go to market in the U.S. from the Pacific Rim, and it is totally backed up. I I saw a tweet earlier today, and I don't know if the number is uh, quite on basis, but apparently 16% of all shipping containers in the world are stuck in this bay right now. And that includes like a lot of necessary parts for Bitcoin mining. Uh, so this kind of, just kind of speaks to in a visual sense to the, the way that there's been a supply crunch all across the world on all markets. And it's been extending for almost two years now. I mean, you first saw these images in April, 2020. Here we are, are coming up on uh, April, 2022 uh, in six months or so. And we still have the same images in the same bay. Uh, so Vince and I, uh, Vincent from Compass, I'm going to throw it to you. The supply chain issues run deep in every single market right now. How is it affecting the Bitcoin ASIC market in general? Since we have all these different computer parts that are not necessary for ASICs, we have all these people demanding to buy ASICs to take uh, advantage of the increased Bitcoin price right now. 
Yeah, this is a really interesting question. I actually wanted to ask Vincent from MicroBT uh, a question about this too. Like, so generally, a lot of people think that the oh, I guess he dropped off for a little bit. <laughs> He'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> um, but for for us right now, like we're seeing that. Um, I, I have a feeling that there's a higher bare, like bare minimum cost that the manufacturers are producing the ASICs at just because one of the supply crunch uh, of the wafers. Um, generally, the cryptocurrency industry consumes less than 1% of the overall capacity at the semiconductor companies like TSMC or, or Samsung. So we're not in the grand scheme of things. We are not that big of a player compared to like the cars and Apple and everything. We, we're kind of getting, we get second second tier treatment compared to them just based on the number that they produce so i think that there's an overall like higher bare minimum cost that the manufacturers are producing at and that that also that is getting passed on to the clients as well so a lot of people think that producing is cheap they aren't they aren't really really realizing that all the parts and components of an asic are slowly increasing in price as well and that brings me to a question that i wanted to ask vincent uh from what's minor um so General, like generally, the price of ASIC materials remains relatively stable, even with when when the Bitcoin price increases or decreases. But have you guys started to see an increase in the like your 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 cost to produce a machine based on the amount of like wafers that you guys are getting from from the foundry? Obviously, if you don't, there's if there's details you can't share, then don't worry about it. Yeah. So. Um... What we can see is uh, in past uh, uh, one and a half years, so everything become uh, you know shortage. Okay, so no matter it is the the ASIC chips, uh, you know we took from uh, we we take from a foundry factory or the chips for power supply unit or the components for uh, for uh, power supply unit and uh, uh, hashboard and other parts. So what we can see is um, you know. Uh, this, uh, of course, have uh, you know serious impact on the cost of the miner, okay, and the lead time of the miners, okay. Uh, right now, the situation is, um, you know, not only the the cost uh, increased, but also the lead time also uh, 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 becoming uh, becoming longer. Uh, so recently, uh, you might have read the news that um, so uh, uh, both TSMC and Samsung, okay, so increase the um, uh, cost of the the, the wafers. Uh, the reason they give is uh, they 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 given uh, is uh, because uh, right now the uh, demand uh, from uh, various clients of the wafers of the chips are huge. Okay, for example, um, you know, uh, we are working with Samsung. Samsung normally they have clients like uh, Qualcomm and Samsung Electronics and uh, uh, Nvidia. Okay, so because uh, everyone won't get more uh, supply of the wafers. So, uh, for example, my actual requirement is 100, but I may put 120 or 150 to. And uh, to 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 Samsung foundry factory because I know that uh, so though I put um, uh, you know 180 uh, or something so definitely you know my demand may be cut so in 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 some percentage so um, you know to try to 
uh, you know, get more wafer supply capacity from uh, either TSMC or uh, from Samsung. So the purchaser of the wafers may increase the demand from their, uh, uh, from them themselves. So, which means, um, you know, both Samsung and the TSMC may receive double of the real demand. So, you know, they try to try to increase the the, the cost of the wafers uh, to prevent, uh, you know, the purchaser of the wafer. Uh, unnecessary put more demand of the wafers. Okay, so this is the reason you know they 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 give to us. Uh, so um, definitely, uh, you know, you will understand that um, you know most uh, for for the ASIC uh, hardwares, the most cost is from uh, uh, from the chips. Okay, and um, also recently uh, some of the uh, uh, components um, you know which is very important for making the miners also the cost increase a lot okay so uh, i just give you one example okay so the there is one um, uh, chip okay so which is power management uh, chips okay uh, to making the power supply unit okay uh, earlier, we can acquire these chips at, uh, you can say, uh, you know, half dollar, okay? So now you are not able to get sufficient quantity even at, um, you know, uh, $5 per, per, per chip. So the cost increase, you know, 10 times. However, um, though it has a little impact on the cost because this is not a major cost of the hardware. Uh, so, um, however... Uh, definitely the cost increase and then uh, the problem is uh, the lead time is too long okay so uh, comparing with the uh, uh, previous situation and of course uh, this is the impact on the hardware side and so for logistic also we can see you know in last uh, uh, one month so once in a year and you know the the uh, the warehouse in United States or you know uh, in different countries totally get uh, congested, and uh, so there is no worker to unpalletize uh, uh, the, the 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 cargos, and uh, you know the container cannot be returned back, and the flight you can you 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 cannot get sufficient space. So all this not only impact the cost of the the uh, the, the the wafers. But also the supply uh, efficiency of the, uh, you know, of the of the hardware uh, rigs, and of course, uh, it also has a small impact due to COVID nineteen situation uh, uh, in China and uh, in 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 the factory outside uh, outside of China. For example, in past um, uh, in 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 the month of August. So Malaysia and Thailand uh, factory almost closed uh, because of uh, COVID-19 situation uh, becoming worse. Um, so all these factors actually have the uh, impact um, uh, on the supply of the miners and the cost of the miners. Yeah. There, yeah, there's there a great question from from Vincent and great answer actually also from Vincent. Um, but there's so many uh, different factors that go into that. I guess a follow up question to all of that is, 
like <clears throat> how long do you foresee all of these different exogenous factors persisting and that lead to you know a 10x increase in price and these crazy long lead times um some of which you said is related to the COVID-19 situation, but also just other unrelated manufacturing and, and uh, supply chain complications. Do you see this problem persisting maybe only for a year or two at most, or is it you know, just the new state of the market uh, when you're manufacturing Bitcoin ASICs? Um, back to you, Vincent, from Westminer. Uh, from the situation right now, we can see is that um, uh, the situation may be becoming better um, uh, from Q3 to 2022 because, uh, you know, earlier Samsung will give you the answer no, definitely no. Okay, so I, I do not have more supply capacity, but uh, right now what we can see is we, we might be able to get some more uh, supply capacity in, in, in Q2 and Q4, however. And the answer is uh, not solid right now. And, and so what we are expecting is maybe from Q, Q4 to 2022 to uh, Q, uh, you know, uh, to, 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 uh, to the year 2023. So, the supply situation of the wafers and the chips shall be uh, shall becoming better. Gotcha. That makes sense. It's a you know a little ways off, but but not too far. Um, I, I kind of want to shift this exact same conversation into the accessibility and the price and manufacturing of hardware. Um, to, with a slant towards retail or home miners or hosted miners. Um, if, if Damien doesn't mind throwing up my screen one more time here, I'll share it uh, for you. In the market multiple times over the past, over previous market cycles, we've seen sort of small gimmicky devices that try and make it easier for people to mine at home. This one you see here featured in a CNBC article with a variety of, of inputs there on some little plastic power strip is the latest version. We've also seen, you know, companies like CoinMine try and offer products like this. Like how viable long-term or, or at all like, are these types of hardware devices when you're looking at a market filled with like top tier leading hardware, like what uh, what's miners manufacturing? And will these ever have sort of any place in the hardware market or are they, you know, mostly cyclical gimmicks that catch headlines and maybe sell a few units, but don't really have any profitability or long-term uh, lifespan. Uh, curious to know both of your thoughts on these little devices we see popping up all the time. Uh, Vincent from What's Miner, I'll, I'll toss it back to you. And then uh, Vincent from Compass, want to hear your thoughts too. Um, yeah, so what we can see is uh, in the year 2017, 2018, so people can easily mine at home because, you know, at that, po uh, that, that point of time, the power consumption of the miners is less than uh, 2,000 watts, okay? And the, uh, so because the, the, the uh, uh, power consumption of, uh, of the miner is lower and... Um, uh, so the the current um, uh, brought by the miners is not so high. Uh, so, however, um, from uh, since since uh, 2019, so almost all the miners switch to more than 3,000 watts. Okay, like like our miners is uh, three uh, three three thousand uh, and four hundred five hundred uh, watts. 
so based on the 220 uh, 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 volts uh, uh, power, so the currency of the 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 miner go, goes to 16 ampere. So it is uh, it is uh, it, it is higher, you know, than the than, than the staffs um, at home. Okay, uh, appliance at home. So. We can see that uh, some, um, you know, some uh, some some investors or you know some in, in individuals they have interest to invest because they might have some um, you know uh, capital available, cash flow available. They just want to buy some miners and put it at home for mining Bitcoin. And so, no matter this is interest or is kind of the investment, however, um, there are a lot of people, you know, try to do that. So, um, from our point of view, this uh, we are not, uh, you know, become the mainstream. Okay, so uh, because right now you can see that, um, uh, you know, the the mining facility data center are becoming bigger and bigger so earlier you know you you you, you hardly can see uh, 100 megawatts and um, uh, mining farms okay so right now you can see <laughs> even one gigawatts mining data centers okay so all those data centers are uh, you know hosting the miners uh, most likely you know uh, from the big investors okay uh, so this we are consume, you can say ninety nine percent or ninety five percent at least the, uh, you know the, the the supply capacity from our side. So, sure. um, you know the the strengths of our R and D will not be you know uh, put to the to the five percent market. Okay. So, however, uh, right now what we are trying to do is um, you know. Uh, for mining business, um, the one of the uh, most important factor is that uh, you know the power cost should be lower, um, you know as much as possible. Okay, as lower as possible. Uh, so you know what we are trying to look into is okay. So how to reutilize the heat generated by the miners? So. Uh, you know, if we can reuse those heat generated by the miners, which means, um, you know, for example, if we can share um, uh, those heat at 80% of the power cost that we paid, okay, so which means you 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 reduce the power cost to 20% right now you have. Uh, so that's why we are uh, looking into those, um, you know, uh, th th those areas. So how we can reduce the operation cost of the uh, of the investors as much as possible. So that's why uh, we spend a lot of um, uh, uh, time and invested a lot. So into uh, water cooling miners and the immersive mining uh, uh, miners. Okay, because. Uh, sure. By cons concentrating more uh, uh, hardware together, so uh, the the heat generated by the miners may be reutilized in some of the cases. Uh, so um, it will reduce the cost of the 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 uh, the, the, the mining. Okay. Uh, so this is the the uh, you know the area where we are trying to 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 work. Okay, because what we can see. 
uh, at least from my side, I can see that, uh, you know, the power cost of individual at home, actually, it is not competitive. Okay. And, um, you know, this will demand, uh, this will require, you know, the, the individual investors always should upgrade their miners, um, you know, and uh, at the late, uh, with the latest uh, power efficiency ones. So otherwise, you know, uh, it may not have uh, uh, the, the, the good profit level as they expected when the time goes. Sure. Um, so yeah. This is the, yeah. This is the share from my side. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting to see all sorts of, you know, creative solutions that home miners try and make. And over the past year or two, or maybe a little bit more, we've seen, like you mentioned across the board, crazy, a crazy push to uh, expand immersion mining tools and heat reuse tools for all sorts of, of novel and creative use cases. Um, again, to sort of maximize uh, the amount of utility we can get out of a mining operation and sort of trim costs as well. Uh, Vincent, same question to you, like what sort of utility or place in the market, if any, do these sort of, you know, not to be too critical, but kind of gimmicky small machines have when people are trying to look for cheap, affordable ways to start mining? Yeah, for sure. For me, I think that these smaller miners are like, especially retail miners, they have to have, um, they can't, they're not 100% profit driven. So a lot of them are, um, they need to find alternative use cases. So a lot of people will run a miner instead of running a heater. It's the same thing, a little bit louder, but you still can heat your your entire floor. So by doing that, you kind of get two, two and one, and you're also mining some Bitcoin at the same time. And there's also people that are also like interested in doing lottery mining. Lottery mining is basically solo mining with like one machine where you have, you have like a one in a million chance of getting it, but that's way better than winning. It's, it's better odds than winning the lottery at least, right? So there's people that will do that and run their machines at a loss. And then there's people that just want to support the network as well, right? So people that want to just support the network, run a machine and kind of like put their vote in, cast their vote in. And that's that's totally fine. There's there, not everything in the world is entirely profit driven. Um, and, and then there's also use cases where like, Sometimes when when people have a solar setup in their their house, right, it does the solar curve kind of goes up like this over time, where that that the peak happens in the middle of the day, and the middle of the day is when people aren't at home, and so what you can do is you can start utilizing miners to kind of you use that power when it's like on like peaked when you're not using anything else, and so there are a lot of alternative uses for these kind of small gimmicky miners that allow retail to kind of keep their themselves competitive. I think that's the the best thing about retail miners is that they can take advantage of these. Whereas for the large institutional players, it's a lot harder to kind of push that kind of stuff through um, because there's a lot more, a lot more involved with, with regards to like the decision-making and everything. For me, I think the simplest solution is like a retail investor and I'm not trying to be a shill or anything, but it would be <laughs> to purchase from Compass. The, the, whole, the whole solution is very simple. Like you don't have to invest in infrastructure. You don't have to invest in upgrading electrical uh, and you don't have to deal with the heat, the noise, the screen. Like it, it's, it, it becomes a lot more simple like that. Um, but there is definitely a larger subclass of people that want to like get their hands on a miner and get dirty with it and trying to find use cases for it and i think there is a time and place and everybody in retail has the opportunity to do that especially right now when it's profitable for everybody i can't get you can't guarantee that for the future but it, it as long as you find an alternative use for it it's, it's doable 
Totally. So I want to move back to an earlier question or earlier thought that you had, Vincent from Compass. Um, Damien, if you could share my screen really quickly. Um, Looking at just like ASIC parts in general, um, interested in knowing your thoughts on uh, the like what parts of an ASIC are the most difficult to come by. Uh, so I'm not sure if you guys can see my screen currently, but um, if you let's see, yeah, you guys can't see my screen right now. But let me get a link over to Damon. He can throw this up. Uh, but basically, when you look inside an ASIC, there's a million different parts, right? And uh, all those parts are kind of hard to come by. Some parts are harder than others. And I'm wondering, from your perspective in the procurement area, what parts inside an ASIC right now uh, are so hard to come by that it might be causing a bottleneck? Like We talk about the hash boards a lot and like the wafer chips. But there's other parts inside of ASIC, like the PSU, even like going inside of that, there's different parts inside of that that are difficult to uh, come by. Um, so Vincent from What's Finer, actually I'll start with you since you are on the uh, more on the development side of these machines. Uh, but yeah, but if you could scroll down maybe a little bit more, Damien, we could take a look at some of the parts inside of an ASIC. Vincent, I'll give you the floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I can see that. Yeah, do any of these, or is there any part inside an ASIC miner that is particularly tough to come by? Um, withstanding, of course, the hash boards themselves can be difficult to procure from chip manufacturers. Is there anything else others should be aware of given that, like, there's a lot of demand right now to fix miners as well, and people are trying to uh, find locations where they can be fixed? Okay, so and um, this is a good question. Okay. And so for the miners uh, from our side, uh, so uh, following parts can be used for all the miners. Okay, so like, uh, you know, the fan is uh, uniformed for all the miners. So you, you can, uh, but uh, yes, uh, there's difference for M30 series and M20 series. Uh, so uh, the fan had, uh, uh, the difference is uh, M20 series is uh, four pin fans and uh, uh, six, pin, six pin fans. And now uh, we are supplying the uh, four pin fans. Okay. So uh, in terms of uh, all M30 series, okay. So it can be used the fan and, you know, uh, all, 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 the, all the models are used the same uh, uh, fans uh, and the control card and uh, adapter card can be, uh, you know, uniformed. Uh, however, uh, as you said, the, the, the hash board cannot be mixed with each other in case only when the, um, you know, the hash board are, are, are being produced uh, with the same bin of the chips. Uh, so, for example, M30S Plus may be, you know, produced with uh, bin, bin 1, bin 2. Okay, so uh, when uh, the, uh, the users uh, want to replace the uh, hash board, um, you know, or mix the hash board from different miners, so uh, what he need to do is uh, he need to make sure that the model of the miners are same and, uh, you know, the bin um, of those hash boards are, are, are same. Okay, and, and so due to the hash board of the different miners may, may be different, okay, because um, uh, so for example, okay, so some of the chips uh, need 
need to have uh, uh, 14 volt, uh, 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 watts um, uh, power to to uh, to make them work. So uh, if we put uh, 12 uh, uh, watts uh, power supply unit to uh, on on those miners on those chips, it won't work. Okay, so. Uh, right now, the power models we we have uh, uh, two types. One type is uh, 12 uh, watts, and another uh, type is uh, 14 watts. Okay, you cannot mix uh, use the and uh, 12 watts uh, power supply unit to the minus uh, need 14 watts uh, power supply unit. Okay. So this is the the difference. Why uh, you know we cannot um, you know just make it simple just because uh, you know the chips we can get okay they are not as beautiful as you know just like one okay so different chips and um, you know uh, from the same wafer okay so they have different uh, performance and um, you know char- uh, uh, characters so we have to make the minus. Uh, you know, uh, based on the, you know, research on the chips we can get. Yeah. So that's why, you know, all the miners, uh, you know, they are different. Okay. Only, uh, you know, the same model of the miners, like, uh, so we have different version number for, like, uh, you know, people can see M30S Plus, but the M30S Plus maybe have, uh, you know, um, uh, version one, version two. Okay, so uh, only uh, version one, the same version of the, the, the hardware. Okay, so they, they can uh, uh, mix with, um, you know, the hashboard. Okay, so even with the, 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 the same uh, model of the, uh, the the miners, still we need to check the hashboard. So whether they are uh, from the same bin or not, from same bin of the chips. So we, we actually have the training and, um, and the documents to, to, to present that. Awesome, Vincent, same question to you. Uh, maybe like when you're looking at an ASIC and you're looking at the hardware market in North America, what are the hardest parts to come by currently inside of ASIC? The good thing about brand new ASICs is they don't break that much, I hope. Um, but we're, like it's really hard for us and a lot of people in the secondary markets to procure hash boards, control boards, and then um, just a general PSU. So the PSUs are the biggest failure point, mainly for Bitmain units, less so in the micro BT units, thank, thank God. Um, but yeah, it's, it's hard now because um, for micro BT, there are like a, just like uh, Vincent said, there are multiple types of miners, right? And so each one, I think they had to create different power supplies for each different one. And so it's harder to mix and match and find the exact power supply that you need, especially because like some used to accept 277 volt and now they only accept, they don't accept that anymore. And so um those are the type of equipment that like that's what i'm usually looking at and for the older machines it's much easier to zombify them so like the s9s you could interchange hash boards relatively simply you can interchange every piece of equipment now it's becoming a lot harder to do that um and i'm not sure if that's from a manufacturer's like design point of view or like they just want to limit it and reduce the amount of like interchanging and swapping of parts between miners yeah. yeah. No, that so makes sense. Maybe. Sorry, go ahead. Maybe Compass can 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 
become a spare parts center in North America. So you purchase <laughs> some power supply unit, can joke, and yeah, keep it there in 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 North America. Exactly. Actually, so that. right right now we already have uh, multiple uh, uh, services center in North America. So we have. Uh, two services center in uh, Canada. And uh, so we should have uh, two services center right now in, in North America, in United States also. Uh, one uh, in Canada, so Bit Farms and Heart8, they are, they, they are our repair centers. And uh, uh, in United States, uh, one is HM Tech. Okay, another, I do not remember the name, but um, uh, they should have some small quantity of the spares available, but um, uh, recently the demand of the spares become huge. Um, so specifically for power supply unit and um, uh, the control board. Yeah, and I think that's also in part due to when you guys start dealing with more institutional clients and a lot of what they're trying to do is they want to stock up on these parts and then have repair like technicians on site that can quickly repair them versus once a machine goes down, they, they order the part. And this is just so they can minimize the amount of downtime because everybody wants to take advantage of like this period of extremely high profitability and having even one machine down is a lot, is a lot for even a couple of days, right? Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Obviously, we can't make predictions necessarily too far into the future, but it's one of the most profitable times to be mining at all. Uh, that makes perfect sense. Uh, we know that miners are you know, hoarding ASICs themselves, not only just spare parts, um, but it makes perfect sense to see the similar uh, to see the pattern repeat with spare parts. Um, I kind of want to zoom out a little bit, though, because we've talked a lot about parts manufacturing and ASIC components and all of this. Um, I want to talk about prices of ASICs a little bit. Um, one of the more interesting relationships in my mind is sort of the, well, there's kind of two relationships, right, with prices. There's what we've talked about with supply and lead times and manufacturing and all the different price fluctuations for the components of an ASIC. But then obviously the ASIC is also heavily influenced by the price of Bitcoin itself and the cryptocurrency market. Um, I'm wondering if both of you can sort of break down at a high level for us that relationship there in general, like how much of which factor more heavily influences ASIC prices, the components itself and the supply chain, maybe complications or just the fluctuations of Bitcoin in the market, the cryptocurrency market. Um, and and maybe more specifically break down just a bit the relationship between Bitcoin, the, the asset and Bitcoin ASICs and, and how they fluctuate and move together or separately. Um, Vincent from Compass, do you mind uh, tackling that question first, then we'll hand it to Vincent from What's Minor. For sure. For, for me, I, I, I deal less with the supply chain, so I'll speak less to it. Um, but generally, the, the correlation between ASIC price, like ASIC prices and the, the underlying asset of Bitcoin is like 100% correlated. And this is this can be seen because manufacturers just like What's Minor or Bitmain, they price the ROI of their machines based like, uh, um, they price their ASICs based on the ROI of the machines. And generally they take like a set power rate, they take um, um, the efficiency of the miner, and then they just extrapolate it and say, "Hey, let's let's make it so it's roughly a, a 300 to 360 day ROI," and that's how they've been pricing it um, since the very beginning. It's 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 one of the only industries that kind of has this um, structure where the 
the commodity, which is the ASIC, follow, follows the price of the asset. And the reason that it's like this is because I don't, and it's a weird, I think it's one of the only industries that does this because these are money printers. I think we've made reference to this multiple times. Every single day, they, they print the underlying asset and they produce like value and so that that's kind of why they need to be priced like this um and that's why i'd like to say that the the, the correlation is almost 100 percent with regards to the the bitcoin price um you can see it right away as soon as like bitcoin prices go up you'll see prices from man- manufacturers pricing uh, less so less volatile but you can see it even on bitmain website right they had an asic on there the s19j pro for i think more than ten thousand dollars, but as soon as Bitcoin dropped to forty-two thousand, that price dropped to nine thousand three hundred, and it, it, it usually the price the the drop in the price of ASICs does not hunt, like fall right away. But I think people are starting to see like demand. I mean, sorry, uh, supply start to pit, like. Um, pick up again there, there's a period of time between august and october where it was starting to get a little bit iffy but now october batch is coming up and so many more miners are selling their futures and selling um some stock that's really interesting yeah i i mean i watch it uh, somewhat closely but you definitely see significant movements in asic prices both up and down over the past year uh sort of very closely tied to bitcoin's price uh vincent from what's mine same question to you like from the from the manufacturing side um i guess there's kind of a couple facets to this question like what do you think more directly affects the price of the machine you know the the prices for the actual components of it or the market price for bitcoin itself and how do you see those two things uh, or how have you seen those two things sort of affect the price of these machines yeah so um uh, we have to say uh, both have the impact okay so uh, what we can see is that um so in case uh, the mining profit is 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 um, you know uh, not so worse, uh, not so bad. So the price of the miners uh, most likely impact by the Bitcoin price and uh, network difficulty. So basically, uh, it it is um, related with mining profit per terahash per day into 24 hours. Um, you know, it has serious impact on the price of the miners in case. Uh, you know the mining profit is 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 um, you know um, not uh, break through the uh, hardware cost uh, of my miners. Okay, so in that case, for example, uh, if we base um, if we uh, base on the RI period um, of the hardware, for example, M31s plus, we normally take uh, 330 days or 300 days uh, as the RI period. And um, uh, so in case the mining profit go, goes to 10 cents, okay, or even less than that, okay, so then, um, you know, the, 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 the minor price uh, in stock may be lower than the hardware cost. So in that case, we need to consider whether we sell those hardwares in 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 profit loss or, uh, you know, we we will just sell at um, minimum, uh, you know, the hardware cost. Okay. So uh, in case the mining profit is the you know at the uh, normal um, uh, uh, level. Okay. So then. And the price will be based on most likely the mining profit per terahash per day, uh, 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 like that. Uh, okay, and of course, and um, when we uh, 
the price of the miners, you can see that, you know, the price are different for the miners available immediately and, uh, you know, the miners uh, uh, you pre-order. Okay, so normally the pre-order price is cheaper than the price, uh, you know, you get um, uh, in, immediately. Okay, uh, so... You know, what I can see is in past three years, when I get into uh, this industry, so the pricing of the, um, uh, the, the miners, you know, the principle not changed so much. So we normally price the miners based on the RI period of the miners. However, this, the sales policy now becoming more, at least from, um, uh, from our side, uh, it is becoming more visible and, uh, you know, more predict, uh, uh, predictable uh, from our side. So, for example, for the uh, for the um, uh, contract we signed with the big players, uh, so right now we split it into two parts. One part is, uh, you know, we have fixed price with them and another part is uh, we have a floating price with, uh, with, with the purchaser and... Uh, uh, for the floating price, we will uh, set up the minimum price and the maximum price. Okay, so the final consolidated price will be between the minimum price and the maximum price. So we, we also have a clear formula how to uh, calculate the price, uh, which, is, uh, which should be consol uh, consolidated based on the mining profit, uh, one terahash per 24 hours. So um, now it has become uh, more visible and uh, more transparent to the purchaser. <clears throat> totally. Thanks for that answer. So we're, we're coming up to the top of the hour. We're going to close out the stream here in a second. But I do want to get one more question in while I can. I've seen a lot of comments from retail participants that Bitcoin ASIC prices are just too high and they're classing people out. Uh, but I think that there is a misunderstanding here when it in terms of profitability and ROI potential for mining yourself, uh, especially if you're mining from home and you're looking at like 10 cent plus per kilowatt hour, would you be able to uh, mine from home successfully ROI in your machine in say a year to 18 months and then stack sats going on from there? So Vincent from Compass, I want to start with you. And then Vincent from Westmeyer, want to get your guys' like 60 second take down on that topic. Does it make sense for retail miners to invest in an ASIC if they have the correct setup? For me, I I believe that it is a good opportunity like to to buy an ASIC and also get an ROI. Um, the main thing is like when 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 people are producing these ASICs, just like Vincent Microbit Heat, they're looking at it with an um, with a power price of six cents, seven cents. And so while it is a good opportunity if you guys if you want to like test it out, but I'd I'd say the best strategy is to kind of co-locate your machines just because the industry is becoming more industrialized. Unless you have like excess power or really low power rates, I wouldn't recommend running it at home. It is a fire hazard and a risk. But um, yeah. One follow up really quick. Are in terms of like purchasing the hardware, I think some people take out loans and they become over leveraged on it. Is that a concern that you've seen through this bull cycle for retail specifically? Not for retail. I think that retail is fine. I think the the, the biggest risk I see is that a lot of public companies are taking a lot of um, 
a lot of financing out for this this equipment to try and buy as much as possible just because um having hardware on your balance sheet makes you look like a you get extremely high multiples for it um i think that is one thing that we need to be cautious of uh, as an oversupply of hardware to these public companies for retail not so much it's definitely an interesting thread to pull on. Um, wish we had more time to get to that <laughs> subject, but maybe we'll, um, we got you in the house, so we'll get you another time. Uh, Vincent from What's Miner, we'll finish with you on the same question. For retail players getting to the game, maybe they want to put an M30 on their shelf in their garage. Is that still a profitable endeavor for them to undertake? Uh, yeah, so um, actually from my side, so what, what what I would like to suggest is, you know, for individual investors, okay, so in case they have cash flow to pay for power beers, okay, so I think uh, no matter when it is the, the time, okay, so they, they can just buy the miners and uh, uh, start, uh, start mining and so don't think, you know, too much. Okay, so whether this this miner are profitable or not. So you know, sometimes it, it is profitable and sometimes it may not. Uh, you know, be be so profitable. So, however, in case the investors has some cash flow to pay power bills every month, so it will just like you know, um, every month or every day. So he purchased the Bitcoin at some average price. Okay. So uh, if they can hold those Bitcoin as long as they can go, and, you know, so finally they are profitable. So what I can see is, you know, the investors, um, uh, you know, partnership with us in the year 2019 or in the year 2020. So in case they hold those Bitcoin, as long as they can and sell at the peak price you know none of them are, are you know, uh, you know are, are suffering loss any money yeah. so this is the suggest okay so the most important thing is not only have the capital or cash flow to buy the miners hardware but also you need to have the cash flow to pay for those power beers okay so in that case um you know this is a definitely profitable business 100 agree on that and something else i wanted to interject is um you're right about the like the power bills if you are set up your mining facility correctly and you have a one-year buffer for your power rates you can withstand any like down cycles and not have to sell your bitcoin that is the best strategy to have and i recommend that to everybody but something to note is like bitcoin mining as an investment is a really good thing just because there are other like tax advantages you can take of uh if you are to purchase the miner depreciate it and and all that stuff compared to and then you treat it as income right versus if you were to buy the bitcoin which is the underlying asset and then just hold it sell it for capital gains and so a lot of people like need to understand that these aren't like one-to-one there are a lot of strategies that you can implement and kind of make this more worthwhile um and for me personally i see it like um bitcoin mining is way better than um uh, buying Bitcoin itself just because of all these tax advantages and different strategies that you can have. Um, that's a totally different subject, but uh, that's something else I think that a lot of people are debating on all the time. Yeah, no, it's a 
Perfect. Uh, well, kind of a perfect shill and note to wrap up on. We just had an amazing live stream uh, two weeks ago, I guess, on mining taxes and tax strategies. Um, uh, all our viewers should definitely go check that out. It's on our YouTube channel. Um, all sorts of advice on different ways to structure your mining operation, uh, write-offs and deductions available to miners, all those different strategies. Because in many ways, they do make mining way more attractive than just, you know, sort of buying Bitcoin on Coinbase or Cash App or something like that. Um, and a lot more fun along the way. Um, to both of you, Vincent, this has been a ton of fun, like educational for me based on the comments in the chat and on Twitter. Our viewers loved it as well. I can't thank you both enough for your time. Uh, it's been super enjoyable chatting with both of you. Really appreciate it. Um, for everyone viewing, be sure to subscribe and like the video, subscribe to the channel. Um, we're back every week, uh, Wednesdays and Fridays um, with live streams like this about Bitcoin and proof of work mining. We'll be back Friday talking about the finances of mining. Um, but that's a wrap for today on the ins and outs of the ASIC market. Uh, again, Vincent from What's Miner and Vincent from Compass, thank you both for your time. This has been a great chat.